This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we follow our journey of investing. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce and as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. We've made it to the last recording week of the year. The last recording week of the year. What a year it has been. 2020, biggest year in Equity Mates history. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Biggest biggest years in most of our lives, I would say. Lots going on. It is our final recording week, but it's not the final week of Equity Mates. The show must go on. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break, but we have recorded a summer series, as always. We've done a deep dive on 12 stocks as chosen by you, the Equity Mates audience. We've interviewed some CEOs, but this is the last week where we're going to tie up some loose ends and go on a bit of a break. That's right, Ren. So in terms of loose ends, this episode, we will be looking at all things to do with the hypothetical portfolio, updating where it currently stands and uh, tying off a, a few bits and pieces. And then on Thursday, we will revisit our bold predictions that we made early in January, as well as the stock of the year competition that we have going on. Which is just never much of a competition. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get stuck in, shall we? Let's do it. Hypothetical portfolio. Started at the, when did we start this? Maybe six months ago with the idea of building out a core portfolio of ETFs and a satellite portfolio of individual stocks selected by ourselves and the Equitymates community. We were lucky enough to be joined by three community members, Ewan, Daniel and Ben. All three came in and pitched their stock ideas, which was awesome. So massive shout out to the three of them. We're looking to do more of that in 2021 and really make this much more of a a community portfolio. Yeah. And as we always say in these episodes, but it's important to remind ourselves and to remind everyone listening that this is not advice. The the reason we're doing this is not that you should just copy this portfolio. But, you know, what we've learned over the four years is that you learn so much by doing. Like, you know, when it, on our Get Started Investing show, the, the key message was just get started, you know? You can read and you can learn until you're blue in the face, until you're sick of hearing the word stocks or equities, but you learn so much more by actually doing it. And we are trying to, 
I guess, live that by putting everything we're learning to the test, I guess, or into practice. And this is the result of that. So we always have to remind everyone and remind ourselves that this is not advice and this is not a buy, hold or sell recommendation. This is just us learning as we go and trying to be really practical about it. And also an opportunity to talk about some individual stocks and ETFs. For those of you who have just joined the show, welcome. Thank you for joining on the second last episode of the year to remind you guys what we have in our core portfolio. So the idea of this was to build a diversified portfolio of core ETFs. We have exposure to the Australian equities, US equities, Europe, Asia. We have an Australian property and an international property, global infrastructure, gold and fixed income. So nine ETFs there. Do you want to just take a step back and just explain that concept of core and satellite? So the core portfolio is a portfolio that we are just going to be adding positions to consistently. It's based around ETFs and is built for the long term. The rule around this one, correct me if I'm wrong, Ren, was 1000 a month, 2000 a month. And we were going to be just averaging in to show what it means to just consistently put money away into a, a basket of ETFs and let them grow over a long period of time. We're taking out the need to pick stocks. We're taking out the need to, I guess, react to market conditions and all that sort of stuff. This is purely to show what it can mean to build a portfolio over a long period. Yeah, I think one thing that we've learned on this journey is that you don't need to be like an expert stock picker and, you know, pick the next Amazon or pick the next Google to do well in the stock market. The market on average since 1900 in Australia, it's about average about 13%. If you just buy and hold and get the market average return over a long period of time, that's all you need to do. And mm. so that's the philosophy that we're embodying in this core portfolio. We're not trying to beat the market. We're just taking what the market gives us. We're sleeping well at night and we're not overthinking it. That really is all you need to do. Mm. We will stick to the rules and we will put some money into the portfolio this month, just dollar cost average our way in. We're just going to go down the list. We're not going to be choosing which we think is going to perform better or worse. I'm just going to be the pardon the jargon police for you today. Yeah. Uh, dollar cost averaging for people who are new to the show. Do you want to just give a 25 words or less explanation? Taking the same amount of money and putting it into the same group of stocks at a consistent interval over a determined period of time so that the price in which you go in at <laughs> is evened out. You said 25 words or less. <laughs> I guess to do it in 10 words or less, it's about not trying to time the market, but just having time in the market. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it is. It doesn't actually say anything about the buying habits if you say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's just about consistently buying regardless of what the price is. Yeah, at this with the same amount of money. Can you go shorter than that? <laughs> I don't need to go shorter than <laughs> Fair that. enough. So yeah, that's the core portfolio. As Bryce said, what we're putting what are the two that we're putting it into this month? Australian property and international property. VAP is our Australian property, Vanguard Australian Property Securities and DJRE is our international property one, which is the Dow Jones Global Real Estate Fund. So I will be throwing a thousand bucks into both of those. Yeah. And, and really the, the rule here is we have a list and we're trying to emulate what we do in our lives and what a lot of everyday investors do, which is they get money from their jobs, they save it, and then they put it in the market. And so every month we are saving a little bit and then we're just going down the list and putting it in whatever's next, dollar cost averaging in and then sleeping well at night, not worrying what the market's doing day to day and not trying to beat the market. 
So that's the core portfolio. Probably not much more needs to be said about it unless you've got anything more. Well, we should probably touch on how it's performed. That's not a bad point. <laughs> <laughs> we started uh, in July and since then, it's done... Re- Look, you're not going to say no to these returns, Ren. It's pretty much done what you would expect over the, a longer-term return point of view. Nine, 9.29% is the growth that we've seen in that portfolio across all of the stocks. Since July? Since July. So you annualise that and it's 18.6%. That Mate, our core portfolio is doing Warren Buffett-level reserves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, we got in at a pretty decent time with everything running pretty strongly after the coronavirus market fall. But yeah, look you're not going to be turning away from a a near 10% return in six months. Of course, not all stocks in the portfolio have performed well. Only a couple are really down, and that is gold and fixed income. Surprisingly, the biggest performer has been our Australian property. Surprising to me anyway. Mm, mm. But yeah, look, we don't need to go through how all of them have performed. We will try and get this up on the website, but I think the main point to consider is that it's up 9.29%. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool. All right. So that's the core. That's the set and forget, the long-term investor just taking the market's average returns and getting on without days. We've also got a satellite portfolio. Now, do you want to explain what that is? Satellite portfolio is once you're comfortable with your core portfolio and you've built up a strong sort of stable portfolio that's just ticking away, you can then think about taking some more concentrated positions in stocks that you think are going to sort of outperform. This gives you a bit more freedom and flexibility. The Spotify's of the world, the Magellan's, the, you know, those companies that you want to back in outside of your ETFs. Yeah, yeah. And we've taken the approach... 50-50 core and satellite. So the money that we're hypothetically saving every month, we're just splitting down the middle. That doesn't have to be your approach. If you want to employ a core and satellite approach, which a lot of the experts that we've spoken to speak about, you know, Ilan from BetaShares is probably the one that comes to mind. He he has a real core and satellite approach. You can split your money however you want. 90-10, I can keep throwing out ratios, but I probably don't need to. People get it. But yeah, we've done 50-50, so we're splitting our money down the middle. How have we gone with our uh, stock picking and our listeners' stock picking, we should say? Yeah, so to remind everyone what happened here, in July, we had a few stock pitches. We also then had the listeners come in and do their stock pitches. And then most recently, we threw a number of stocks in quite quickly, which we will address. <laughs> yes, Bryce is a rapid fire <laughs> Which we will address in a second, but our portfolio overall for 2020 as of recording, which is on the 11th of December, is up uh, 10.8%. So we've just outperformed the overall market return, very broad market return. Yeah, so it's good news. Our core is up 9.3, call it, and our satellite is up 10.8. So in investing, you'll sometimes hear a term alpha. And that's like how much a fund manager beats their benchmark. And I guess we've delivered 1.5% alpha in six months. 
of which we're going to take 20% fee, <laughs> 20% yeah. performance and 2% fee. We'll leave our investors with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that's a good point though. Like we look at this and we say, all right, well, we've outperformed our core portfolio by 1.5%, 10.8 compared to 9.3, which is great. There's no fees involved in this. And so if you are looking at a managed fund, you always have to look at it after fees. Because once Bryce takes his swipe out of out of these returns, well deserved. we might not be beating the call. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you can you can sort of see how that all plays out over the long term. But anyway, Ren, look, there are a lot of stocks in here. Just to remind everyone, we've got 16 stocks and a second asset class that we'll touch yes. on in a second. Bryce's favorite asset class. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them have performed well. I think the, the worst performers are down about 12%. Our best performers are up in the 70% range. I just want to give a, a big shout out to our community members who did come on. We had Ben come on and pitch Citadel and that is up 24%. They had the, the takeover offer not soon after he came on and pitched. So big shout out there. Ewan came on and pitched Adamo Diagnostics and whilst it hasn't performed as well as the others, um, we're going to be keeping that in there to see how it plays out. It's a long-term game. Big, big long-term play. So massive shout out to Ewan. And then we had Daniel come and pitch Viva Leisure, which was the Club Lime gyms in Canberra among other uh, other yeah, sort yeah, of fitness centres. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a pure value play. He did the maths and just worked out that Based on their number of, I guess, what are they called? Subscribers? Um, uh, gym, subscribers. gym members? Gym members. <laughs> I'm in tech world. Number of gym members and the price they pay that their revenue was going to, was well above sort of their market cap. And uh, it was just a pure value play. And it is up 32% at the mm, time of recording. Mm. So amazing result there. It was the definition of a simple thesis. I think his original email was two paragraphs. Yeah. And he just explained exactly what you said. And it just it was clear. It made sense. Mm. And for me, it was just a reminder that you don't need a bloody 60-page yeah. uh, investor report talking about like the intricacies of how they're going to manage costs and stuff like that. It was simple. It was clear. And... So far, it's been right. So we bought that on the 13th of October and it's up 30%. Yeah, not bad. So well done there, Daniel. Great pick. Please do let us know if you think it's a, a sell now so we can make adjustments. Be interesting to see, Ren, if this is an equity mates bump stock, but uh, we can true, take true. that offline. <laughs> Ren, you came on and pitched Magellan. Now, as uh, this is technically an investment committee meeting, yes, it is down 12.2%. Yep. I guess many people would think, okay, let your winners run, cut your losses. Yeah. Are we going to be cutting our losses here? I don't think so. No, I, no, I like Magellan for the long term. So Magellan, for people who are unfamiliar, is a funds management business. They're led by Hamish Douglas, who would be one of the best investors in Australia, if not the best. $100 billion assets under management is what Magellan have. And the way that they make money is they take a fee off that. $100 billion is a lot of funds under management. It's, it's definitely one of the biggest in Australia, but it is one of the biggest comparatively in the world. So there's an argument to say, are they how much how much more growth do they have? Like how how much bigger can they get? The reason that I want to keep Magellan in the portfolio, happy for you to disagree and happy to have that discussion, is of that hundred billion dollars that they manage, they take a fee every year. And the margin on that fee is great. Like funds management is a great business at scale. I think their margins like oh, their gross margins like eighty percent. So basically a lot of that money they bring in becomes 
cash that the business can spend. And what Magellan are doing is then they're not paying that money to investors. They're actually finding ways to reinvest it as the parent company. I listened to a podcast recently where Hamish was interviewed. We should give a shout out to the podcast, Ed Cowan's podcast, Scaling Up. And Hamish was talking about how he's using that money and trying to reinvest it. And, you know, for each dollar he's investing, trying to get more than a dollar back. And he spoke about an investment bank that they've just seeded, put a lot of money into, Baron Joey. I'd never heard of it, but you had. Mm. Apparently, they're poaching a whole bunch of investment banking talent from around Australia. Yep. Magellan are basically now using the money that they're making from their funds management business to now invest in other businesses. And so for me, $100 billion under management is a lot of money. That might grow. But for me, the really interesting growth story is what Hamish and his team are doing with the money that they're making from their fees and where they're investing that. And for me, that is really going to be the next stage of growth. And that's the story to keep an eye on. Yeah, nice one. No, look, I don't disagree with anything you just said there. So very happy to keep it ticking away in the portfolio. So that is a, a no no sell decision. Yeah, but given my track record and on the stocks that I talk about on this show, it's a black mark if I, if I like it. <laughs> well, look, we will be talking about uh, the stocks of the year next episode. But Ren, give yourself a bit of credit. You also did come on and pitch the New York Times, a story of uh, revival from the depths of despair to now a company that is taking on the digital you know, news of the world. And uh, since the pitch on the 13th of November, so less than a month ago, well, a month ago, yeah, less than a month ago, it's done surprisingly well and is up 31%. So Surprising for you. Surprising to be up 31% in a, in a, 31% in a month. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Again, though, is uh, that the equity mates bump? We will have to have a look. There was one stock that was pitched this year that didn't make it into the portfolio. Yes. And that was Salesforce. And that was a stock that you pitched, an incredible company. Like, let's let's start there. And we were a little bit split purely based on valuation. It, yeah. It's an expensive stock because it's so good, really. It's continued to deliver great growth. Because we were split in this investment committee of two, we put it out to the Equity Mates community in yep. our discussion group and yep. we asked them to vote, should it be included or not. It was a narrow vote. It was very close. It was the US election all over again. Well, actually, that wasn't that narrow in the end. There's just a lot of controversy. So, But it, yeah, it was a close vote and it was a no. Yes. It seems like the Equity Mates community were right. Yes. It's down about 9% from there. How are you feeling about Salesforce? You want to re-pitch it in 2021? I'm not sure about re-pitching it. I think, you know, they've just gone out and bought Slack. Yeah, yeah. Big acquisition company. Keep an eye on it. Obviously, the decision that the investing community made was the right one. For now, the time at which we pitched it, it had just jumped. I think it had released its best numbers ever and it had jumped sort of 31% in a matter of days. So that was always our concern. Maybe if we get a bit of a cooling off on it, I will re-pitch. But uh, look, I'm happy to put that one on the sidelines for now. Yeah, it's worth just putting it into context that it doubled in price from COVID lows. It was up 100% from COVID lows and then it, it's cooled off a bit from there. Look, I wouldn't be allergic to you re-pitching it. It's, it's a great company. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll leave us in suspense for 2021. And we'll see if you bring it back. <laughs> the other star performer that was pitched very quickly, Ren, was our Spotify last episode where we spoke about putting in a number of companies that we thought 
were, you know, leaders in their field and at the cutting edge of disruption, that sort of thing. Spotify is up 32% as well, sitting nicely in our portfolio. Nice. Should we address your rapid fire pitch session? Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say yours because I, I was involved as well. Um, yes. There was a bit of feedback. That's not how we should be running this investment committee. How do you respond to those comments? So the idea behind that was that if we're going to do this the way that we would think about everything more broadly, cash is not king for us right now. And we had 16,000 sitting in the bank account, absolutely burning a hole in our back pocket yep. to avoid dragging out 16 episodes of Indelete. Yeah, Indel- yeah, yeah. One <laughs> stock a month was really yeah. slowing us down. It would be pitching Amazon, pitching Google, pitching Apple, all of which we know both of us would say, let's just get this in the portfolio. Yep. I don't need to tell you why I want to have Amazon in the portfolio. You don't need to tell me why you want to have Spotify and Walmart. Mm. We both have done the work ourselves and these are some of the big hitting companies that we thought deserved to be in the portfolio sooner rather than later because we didn't want to have 16,000 sitting in cash on on, in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. So really the quick- So we hear the feedback, <laughs> but it's not like we pulled these stocks out of a list of stock tickers. These are companies that we have I guess we've been obsessed with yeah. over the journey of equity mates. Yeah. We own a number of them personally and they're good companies. The second piece of feedback that we got around this though was why would we not have just bought the equivalent of an NDQ, for example, or why wouldn't we have bought the S&P, which probably covers almost all of the stocks that we put in. And I guess the the answer for that is this is the satellite portfolio. Yes, a lot of those stocks would be covered in our core. However, I think that we want to have more concentrated exposure to a number of smaller, well, to a smaller concentration of stocks so that we can get uh, the returns of these stocks and not the returns of the other 98 Mm, stocks that are mm. in the NASDAQ 100 or whatever it may be. Yeah. And God, it would be a boring episode if Bryce just came and pitched the S&P 500 (laughs) (laughs) ETF. Super boring. So to close this out, Ren, there was one stock and one asset class that I kind of snuck in you, right at the well, end. So One you talked about on the show, the other you just snuck in without <laughs> telling me. And let me tell you, the uh, Equity Mates Investment Committee will be reviewing <laughs> their uh, cash control measures oh. over the summer break <laughs> because this whole sneaking into the portfolio situation is not in line with our investment guidelines. My off-field behavior is questionable, but I'm hoping I'm hoping the coach lets it slide uh, through. Look, the stock that you snuck in, which we will reveal in a second, has been a star performer. And so the coach is uh, willing to uh, look the other way this once, but he doesn't want to see it happen again. It's in, bad for team morale more than in, anything. In defense, I am sure that I did mention this I stock publicly. Did. Yeah. And I think to be fair, I said that I would come to the next hypothetical portfolio with a write-up on why it should be included. Okay. Have you brought one? No, (laughs) (laughs) because I feel uh, I've snuck it in. And anyway, the share price has done reasonably well. So I'm talking about Palantir Technologies, which from memory I did mention, and you were a bit iffy about it. So I said, look, I'll come with a pitch. I haven't come with a pitch, but I was desperate to get it into the portfolio because I just thought it's a good time to get it in. And uh, luckily we did because it's up 71%. That's the pitch. That's the pitch. (laughs) 71% since the 13th of November. So it's sitting in nicely. 
I'm happy to keep that in there, but I will also make sure that next year I come and let everyone know what it's all about. Yeah, I think, look, Palantir is a, for people who are unfamiliar, it's like a data, not uh, data, data collector. It's like a, it helps, analysis. it helps, yeah, data analysis. It helps companies visualize their data in new and novel ways and helps them make sense of these massive data streams. They've done work with the US military on like identifying IEDs. They were embedded in special forces and stuff in Iraq and Afghanistan. They've done work with the CIA. They've just got a big contract with the FDA in the US, another big government department. They've done work with police departments. They are now trying to sell their technology to private companies. It is a really compelling story. It's a really interesting company. There are some questions about the company and, you know, what its technology is enabling it to do, especially with like the CIA and police departments. My reservation was more around how scalable their technology was. They pitched themselves as a software business, but there are reports out that it's not scalable in the same way software is. It requires, you know, bespoke solutions for every new contract. However, it seems like the market are not concerned with that and the market are loving Palantir and you've done well to get it in. Snuck it in so we'll see how it plays out. And Ren, the other one that we did throw in just towards the end of the episode was Bitcoin. Yes. Small position. Well, yeah, relatively small, just ticking away up 8%. So looking forward to seeing how that goes in 2021. Well, you're definitely the biggest Bitcoin bull on this show. Well, um, yes. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the Bitcoin story. I think we've said this before on the show, but one of our favorite investing podcasts, the two hosts have really been split on the Bitcoin issue to the point where they've now actually split the show. We can make a promise to the Equity Mates community that we will not let Bryce fall deep down that <laughs> no. rabbit hole. And it will not split the show into a Bitcoin episode and a non-Bitcoin episode. You have my word. Uh, But it it is going to be an interesting one to watch in 2021. It's close to all-time highs or it's hit all-time highs in some currencies. But yeah, it's back. It is coming back, yes. Ren, I think really the takeout is 9.5% on the core, 10% on the satellite. It's been a pretty crazy year on markets. They are just firing at the moment. Fed's pouring in money, vaccine coming. We've had the US election. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring, but we're going to hopefully show that by plugging away with our core portfolio and then having a bit of fun with our satellite and getting the community involved. We'll see how it all plays out next year. Yeah, yeah. And just to close it out, if people have been listening from the beginning of the journey, we first did this hypothetical portfolio in 2017 and then we we stopped it for a while and we brought it back due to popular demand in 2020. I think the second stock you ever pitched was Afterpay. And at that time, Afterpay was what, around like $2 or something? Yeah. yeah. It's up about 3,600% since you pitched it in 2017. So what I'm hoping to see, I'm sure what the Equity Mates community are hoping to see is that Bryce is able to come and pitch another 3,600% stock in a few years. So yes, we wait I with bated breath. I'll give, him, I'll give him my guarantee. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, no, look, um, right time, right place with that one, Ren, and very fortunate that we do have that on paper. Very fortunate. <laughs> very fortunate. It really makes up for a lot of the other stocks we talked about on this show. <laughs> but look, it's not all about getting them all right. It's about the process and, and the journey. So we will close it out there, Ren. This will keep ticking away over summer. Very excited to, to bring this back in 2021. A reminder, though, that 
We're going to be putting a lot of things in place to make it easier for our community to give us stock tips, to come on the show. We really want to make this much more of a community portfolio than it has been. As I said, massive shout out to the three that did come on, but please feel free to send your pictures through and we will endeavor to get you on the show in 2021 to really build this out. Even if it's just an investing theme or an idea, it doesn't have to be a stock pitch particularly. We want to hear about it and we can help you guys chat through it. So, What I also want to start hearing is the contrarian cases like if we've pitched a stock and someone thinks we're wrong or i guess if a listener pitches a stock but especially if bryce and i pitch a stock and you reckon we are idiots we want to hear that we want you to come on the show and tell us why we're wrong yeah we may not air that episode if you do (laughs) but um, (laughs) we want to hear about it no look ren it's been fun portfolio let's see if the santa rally kicks in yes certainly looks like it is across some of the sectors and we'll pick this up in 2021 well we have an episode on thursday but we will pick up the hypothetical portfolio yes in 2021 (laughs) (laughs) nice one ren nice talk soon Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.